You are listening to a sermon by Tanner Sherlock. Visit com for more info. Okay, this weekend, as you guys have heard and as you guys have seen, we went to a retreat in Wyoming. The uh, speaker for Saturday night was Andrew Sneed. He's the district youth director for the state of Wyoming. He's a phenomenal guy. Um, he shared about that we don't want to be a but-me person. A but-me person is someone who, for example, every time somebody tells you a story, such as, the other day I ran a cross-country race, I did a personal best, it was amazing, I won. Do you then reply with, yeah, I ran uh, cross-country in high school and I won every single one of my meets? Or, I felt so sick yesterday, I slept till like noon. Are you the kind of person that returns the story with, that's nothing. One time when I was like eight years old, I slept until like three. Does your story always have to be bigger and better than the other person's? If so, you might be a but me person. Another way that you might be a a but me person is, um, do you secretly have people in your life that if they failed, or they dropped out of school, or they got kicked off of your sports team, or they got fired from their job, if you would secretly be happy about that, and you'd be excited that they got what they deserved, you might be a but-me person. I feel like every single one of us can fall into that pretty easily. There's, even if there's that one single person that you just can't stand that deserves to be fired for whatever they're doing. If you're excited about it, you might be a but-me person. Andrew Sneed said this, and I quote, The screens on our phones have become our mirrors. We look at them to see how we measure up to other people. Are you guilty of constantly wanting to measure up better to other people? Are you constantly sharing on Facebook about how amazing your life is because for some reason if you share on Facebook that every single good event you never talk about the dirty stuff in life, people will think you're perfect. As a Christian, do you never ever tell about struggles to anybody, even the people closest to you, because you want to appear perfect? If so, you might be guilty of being a but me person. I'm going to ask you guys, how many of you guys want to be vulnerable with me tonight? If you're guilty of being a but me person, will you raise your hand? Don't feel quite as convicted. It hurts to be convicted sometimes, but I think we all fall into that. So tonight, turn in your Bibles to Acts 8. If you don't have a Bible, it's on the screen. If you do not own a Bible, contact us after, after service and we will get one in your hands. Verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. 
the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So this eunuch was a very important man. A very, very important man. Continuing verse 30. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. I want to reiterate, Philip ran up to the chariot. Verse 31. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? He then gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. See, the biggest problem with being a but me person, it really comes down to pride. We all suffer from some degree of pride. You want to show your worth in a conversation. I mean, we all do. We all want to show our worth in some way or another in a conversation. But yet, you get so engulfed in trying to prove yourself better. You get so engulfed in, we get so engulfed in, in trying to pray against people or uh, people that we don't think should be in a position that they're in. We get so caught up in Desiring them out of their position, desiring ill upon them, trying to prove ourselves better that we miss the chariot completely. Stephen Furtick, he's a megachurch pastor, I believe in Texas. He says, the thing he wants more than anything else about his church is that they are a church of chariot chasers. God interrupted Philip with what he was doing and sent him to the desert to talk to one man, one single man. He was in a crowded city, he interrupted him, and he sent him to speak with one man. But the problem is, some of us don't get interrupted because we haven't done the last thing that God has told us to do. God made it very easy for Philip. He sent him to a man who was just right, at the right place, at the right time, God sent Philip to him, and the guy was already reading about Jesus. He was already searching. He was already curious. He was asking questions. He wanted to know about Jesus. He was already ready. So the Holy Spirit sends Philip right then, directs him to a place right on the right spot at the right time. He made it easy for Philip. All he had to do was go to the person that God asked him to go to. All he had to do was be faithful with what God asked him to do. This last Sunday, after the retreat, Pastor Derek Boucher, the uh, University of Wyoming Chi Alpha director, he shared my favorite story about the Holy Spirit. 
I, I don't know, Court, uh, he started talking about it, and he starts mentioning it, and I got all excited. I was like, oh, this is my favorite story. He's talking about uh, the pastor of a, of a Chi Alpha up in Montana. One of his students was waiting in an airport, in the, the waiting room areas of the airport. And one day, and he felt like God was saying to him, go over to that pot machine and stand up on your head. Obviously, the kid goes in his head, he's like, no, that's silly. Why would I do that? That makes no sense. But he felt like it was getting stronger. He felt like something was saying, go over, stand up on your head in front of that pot machine. He kind of reluctant for a little while, and then finally he decides, all right, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And he goes over, and he stands up on his head in front of the pot machine. Immediately, a guy in a business suit just comes, what do you think you're doing? Just kind of like yelling at him. And the kid's like, okay, he's thinking he's in trouble. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What, and the guy was like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? And he said, this might sound crazy, but I felt like God was telling me, I believe in God, I believe he speaks to us, and I feel like God was telling me, come over and stand on my head in front of this pop machine. And almost immediately, the businessman breaks down, bawling, weeping. And as he shares his story about how hard his life is and how he's been going through a lot of struggles, he says, I was just sitting there almost taunting God. And I said, God, if you're real, send somebody to stand on their head in front of the pot machine. Sometimes God has already done the hard work. All he needs you to do is to chase the chariot. All he needs you to do is to go stand on your head in front of a pot machine. For me, that might be... A miracle in and of itself. <laughs> but sometimes he's just asking you for that, that one little thing because he's already prepared everything behind the scenes that you're not aware of. Another fellow pastor, Chi Alpha director in uh, Minnesota at Winona State Chi Alpha was sharing a story with me one time. And uh, he took some students. They were getting ready to go on what's called a treasure hunt. Have you guys have heard of a treasure hunt, not ministry-wise? Basically what a treasure hunt is, is you spend some time, pray, you spend a lot of time praying about one specific night, and in this night, it's basically an evangelistic opportunity. You pray asking God to show you things about the night, almost like a, a clue, like a map. And you'll get things like Walmart, or um, red t-shirt, or produce aisle, or something like that. And basically, it just kind of weaves your way. So if you get Walmart, you go to Walmart. If you see somebody in a red shirt, you go talk to the person in the red shirt kind of thing. And he said, sometimes when he goes on these treasure hunts, God just blows their minds with some of the people he puts in, puts in front of them. Some nights, they're way off. Nothing happens. They go and they pray for some people, and it just seems like a failure. But those nights that it just, God blows his mind, are worth doing. One time... They were praying, and they felt like they got downtown, Morneau, and flashing red and blue lights. So he takes his group of students down to downtown, and immediately they see police sirens in the, in the distance. And so they're like, okay, maybe that's where we need to go. So they start walking towards the red and blue lights. And they're thinking Morneau, Morneau is an MLB baseball player. So they're thinking, hey, maybe we're going to lead Christ, or lead Morneau to Christ. But no. They look across the street. And there's a sports bar. And in the sports bar on the TV, there's Morneau on the TV. And so they're like, all right, this is where we need to be. 
And they began praying, God, will you show us who we're supposed to talk to? And they look across the street, and there's a man, a homeless man, just tweaking out, twitchy, just weird, behaving real weird. And immediately God says, that's him. That's who I want you to go to talk to. And so as, as this pastor and his students are walking across the street, he's saying, God, what do you want me to tell him? What do you want me to tell this guy? And basically, all he really got was, tell him how much God loves him, how much I love him. And so he gets over and he tells this homeless man, and I'm making a long story short here, but he tells this homeless man, man, I feel like God directed us to you, and he kind of lays out what happened, and he says, man, I feel like God just wants you to know how much he loves you. This guy, this homeless guy, breaks down, falls down on his hands and knees, and leads himself to Christ in front of them. Sometimes, God has already paved the way. He's just asking you to be obedient. Sometimes, he just wants you to chase the chariot. See, the Holy Spirit told Philip to go and stand near the chariot. And Philip ran over to the chariot. Philip asked the man, asked the eunuch, do you know what you are reading? And the eunuch says, same thing any kid on this campus would say if they were being 100% honest. How will I know, how can I know, unless someone explains it to me? Or may fitting, more fittingly, how can I understand it unless someone shares it with me? The eunuch then invites Philip to sit with him. God made it easy for him. He just had to be obedient. I know my life was changed with a simple invitation. Simple invitation can literally change people's lives. My invitation was, come to Chi Alpha. I wasn't a church person. Let me tell you what I was, though. I was an alcoholic. I was a partier. I was a jock. I was a power lifter. I was a womanizer. And I dabbled a little bit in ghost hunting and Ouija boards. The girl who invited me, her name was Tammy. I very, very highly doubt she honestly thought I would say yes when she invited me to Chi Alpha. However, she did tell me there would be good-looking girls, so that didn't hurt or cause any, which I met one. But I highly doubt that she honestly thought I would say yes. Because when I said yes, she got extremely excited. But little did she know God had been working in my life. Just months prior, I had been to jail for a DUI. I had hit rock bottom. I had finally realized I had become an alcoholic, even though I didn't realize it until it was too late. And I couldn't quit drinking because by then, it was already too late and I was addicted to alcohol. I tried to quit drinking. I lasted a week before the cravings got too much and before bodily issues started happening. You don't know what people have gone through in their life. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know if God is moving in people's lives. All you can do is be obedient when God says, hey, invite that person to Chi Alpha. Hey, go chase that chariot. 
See that jock that you don't think would come to Chi Alpha? I did. Look at me. That womanizer you don't think would come to Chi Alpha? I did. Look at me now. The partier you think doesn't want to hear about Christ? I did. That power lifter who all he talks about is beer and girls all the time? You don't think would even stand being around you if you talked about Jesus? I listened. Look at me now. We've come to a crossroads in this ministry where we need to seriously ask ourselves the question, are we okay with being but me Christians? Are we okay with being a but me church? Are we okay with being exactly how we are right now? Or are we a ministry that wants to chase chariots? Are we a ministry that wants to grow? Not for the sake of numbers, but for the sake of doing what Christ has asked us to do. See, what I don't want Chi Alpha to be seen as is that ministry of uptight people, that group of hypocrites, that group that thinks they're cooler than us, that group that thinks they're perfect, or even the good things about Chi Alpha. I don't want to be only known as the ministry with, even if, it, even if I was a good pastor, the ministry with the good pastor. I'm not saying I'm a bad pastor, but I'm trying not to brag on myself. That's, I'm just digging myself deeper. I'll quit. I want to see lives truly changed in Chi Alpha. But how can we change lives if we're content with being but me people and the only people we're reaching are already Christians? See, I guess the easiest person to get to come to Chi Alpha would be somebody who's already a Christian. But the people whose lives, like mine, that can be changed are the people who you think are the farthest away from Christ. But you have no idea what is going on in their lives. So I want to say, where are the alcoholics at in here? Where are the jocks? Where are the druggies? Where are the lost? Where is Tanner at in here? I don't want to be known as a group that is only Christians. See, the person who invited me to Chi Alpha... Her name was Tammy. She now lives a few hours away from here. None of you guys probably know her. How much different would my life be? And she only asked me one time to come to Chi Alpha, and I said yes, one time. How much different would my life be if she had never asked me? But little did she know that a few years prior to that, I had another friend whose name was Joe, who invited me to another ministry on campus every single solitary week. He would bug me and bug me and bug me. See, Joe paved the way because I eventually started thinking about ministry. Even though I said no, I still intended on coming eventually. But Joe quit asking because he started to see me as more of a lost cause. However, Tammy doesn't know Joe paved the way for her in order to ask me one time, and I said yes. See, but my life had got worse, not better. My life had fallen into more dismay, yet the next person who asked me was the one that I said yes to. 
to come to Chi Alpha. And you don't have to invite them to come to Chi Alpha. You can invite them to a small group. You can invite them to a Bible study. You can invite them to sit down next to you and have a conversation. It doesn't need to be Chi Alpha. But like I said, the thing Tammy didn't know was behind the scenes. God had already been working in my life. God had already showed me that I needed something more than what I could provide for myself. God had already began showing me how horrible my life had become. Hitting rock bottom. Going to jail. Sometimes even the person who said no 50 times before might say yes. And the thing is, with this campus, it is lost. We haven't even begun to reach this campus for Christ. There are over 3,000 students enrolled in Shatter State College. There are less than 100 attending a weekly ministry. We haven't even begun to reach this campus. And so how do we do it? How do we reach this campus? I've been speaking this whole semester about God's presence. Your, God's presence is in your life. Know that God's presence is in your life. Pray and ask God, your presence in my life. And then, we need to be a church, as Pastor Stephen Furtick says, of chariot chasers. Not only chasing the Christians, not only chasing those people who have come to Chi Alpha and then no longer come anymore. No, we need to be chariot chasers in the weight room. We need to be chariot chasers in the dorms, in the cafeteria, in the red room, in the laundry room, in the student center, in your biology class. We need to be chariot chasers in all of the different aspects of this community. Or are we okay with being a but me church? See, your interactions with people on the campus are how we change the campus. Not necessarily the interactions that go on in this room. Most times the interactions have to begin outside of this room. So I'm going to challenge you guys. I'm going to challenge you guys to go out to that alcoholic. To that guy in the weight room who swears every other word that he says. I was that person too. To go out and find those people who God is wanting who is already moving in their lives. God has already begun behind the scenes. I want to challenge you guys to be praying for those people to be in your life. You say, I know you're an alcoholic, but God. No longer but me, but God. I know you're an alcoholic, but God. I know you struggle in this area. You don't need to be perfect. I don't want perfect people in here. Because if the only people we have in here are perfect people, we are not doing the Great Commission. See, as I said, Philip didn't have to actually do a whole lot. The eunuch asked Philip about God, about Jesus. See, I believe that there are people in your life right now, there are people who you interact with daily, weekly, in your classes in the student center, in the weight room. I believe there are people in your life right now who are begging to come to Chi Alpha, who are begging to know Jesus, 
who are begging to be set free from the bondage that they're struggling in every single day and every single week. But I truly believe the best way to get out of the but me mindset is to get into the mindset of chasing chariots, into the mindset of but God. So you never know when there's a person, maybe even in your biology biology class, that might be saying, God, if you're real, please send someone to talk to me. And all you have to do is say, hey, grab a seat. We need to be quit being so focused on being better than everybody else long enough to be less than everybody else. See, the thing about Jesus is he was better than every single person in here combined. And yet he lowered himself down to be less than. He washed the feet of the disciples. He died for us. See, the kingdom works a little bit differently than the world. As I said before, we need to stop filtering the Bible through our worldviews. And we need to start filtering our worldviews through the Bible. Andrew Sneed said one thing to me really quickly Saturday night that just... I cried just a a tear. He said, you have a really big heart, but you've been hurt in the past. And you begin systematically shutting your heart off to people. He said, you have to stop doing that. You have to open up your heart. Yeah, people are going to come in and hurt you, and it's going to hurt, but let it hurt. Let it hurt for other people. And it just struck me. That's the most truth that I've ever heard from somebody come up and just talk to me one-on-one. You have to be able to be hurt. Sometimes people don't want to know about Jesus. Sometimes when you invite them to come to Chi Alpha, they're going to say no. Maybe they are going to make fun of you. Actually, better yet, I should say, if you are spreading the gospel and you are sharing your faith, you will be ridiculed. You will be mocked. You will be persecuted. The Bible says we will. But you have to be willing to hurt. Like Jesus said in Luke 4, don't be afraid. The worst thing they can do is kill you. But the worst that you can do is not share about Jesus. Because Jesus goes on to say in verse 8, I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before the others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. See, it's not that bad. The worst thing that they can do is kill you. But in reality, Scripture tells us, being killed for Jesus is the greatest thing that you can do. See, the kingdom works a little bit differently. I don't believe we have a a ministry here. I don't believe we have a a church here that is content being but me's. I really don't. I've met you guys. I know you guys. Even some of you guys that I've only had little interactions with. I know your desire is bigger than being a but me person. I know this. I truly believe that we have a ministry here that wants to be a ministry of chasing chariots. I really do. And as I shared last week, the more obedient to God you are, the more opportunities 
he gives you. Jesus already told us in scripture to pick up your cross daily, put on the armor of God, and to go out and make disciples. So even if God has never spoken to you and you never really feel like you've heard the voice of God, he's told you that in the Bible. So are we going to be a chariot chasing Chi Alpha? I really do believe that there's a breakthrough coming for this Chi Alpha. I really do believe that we're on the verge of something big. I feel it. People have said it. I mean, it's just in the atmosphere. But we need to start with the words, come sit with me. We need to start with the words, come to Chi Alpha with me. Yeah, I know you're an alcoholic. Come to Chi Alpha with me. Yeah, I know you're, you're an angry person. Come to Chi Alpha with me. Do you guys want to be a church of chariot chasers? I'm asking you, do you want to be a church of chariot chasers? Do you want to be a church of chariot chasers? I can't hear you. Do you want to be a church of chariot chasers? You guys are so quiet, I don't believe you. Last time, do you want to be a church of chariot chasers? Then let's go out and start chasing some chariots. Let's go out and start asking God to be on purpose. When you wake up in the morning, pray to God, ask God to put people in your life that you can merely go up to them and say, come sit with me. Because God has already been moving behind the scenes. Be on point. Ask God to put those people in your life. Start chasing the chariots everywhere on this campus. Simple enough? All right, let us pray. Lord, I thank you for what you have revealed to us tonight. I, I thank you for what you've revealed to the students at the retreat this weekend. Lord, I thank you for taking our sins for, uh, from us and making us clean. I thank you for the fact that even when we are so focused on ourselves, we're stuck in the, the but me phase of life. Lord, that you're still patient with us. You're still correcting us. You're still working in our lives, and you're still moving us on to bigger and better things. Lord, I thank you that even though we're not perfect and we never will be perfect on this earth, that you still work with us. You still teach us. And you still choose us to go out and make disciples. Lord, I pray for these students, and I pray that you would begin putting people into their lives just like the eunuch, just like the businessman, just like the homeless man, just like myself years ago, who are already searching after you, who already have realized that their life is in shambles and they need something even bigger than themselves, even bigger than the local psychologist, even bigger than medical treatments, Lord, that they need you above all else. I pray that you would begin putting those people into their lives systematically. Lord, I pray that we could be a church that chases chariots, a church that shares the gospel, a church that actively, not passively, but actively invites people to Chi Alpha, invites people to our small groups, invites people to come and sit with me and hear about Jesus Christ. A church that is active in making disciples and fulfilling the Great Commission. A church that is searching after you, God, so fast and with all our hearts that people just line up with us. 
I pray that we could be a church that is so intent on loving others that we no longer try to be better than them. That we no longer try to prove ourselves more worthy than them. Lord, that we're willing to be less than them in order to serve them as Jesus served us. Lord, I thank you. And I pray that we can truly go and make disciples. It is for your glory that we do this. Amen. I want to give quick credit to Andrew Sneed and Stephen Furtick for, and Derek Boucher. I took a lot from them in making this sermon.